0: Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament.
1: Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and so excited to have you here with us on this Wednesday, January 24th. 2024. Excited to talk about Duke basketball's win last night over Louisville in the state of Kentucky. Duke goes on the road, gets two starters back, and they're back in the win column. And we're going to break that game down with our good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, here today on the show. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever it is that you get your podcasts Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review. Take the time, if you will, to watch our show each and every day on YouTube. Let us know if you're an everydayer out there. Comment that you're an everydayer, and I'm going to give you a shout-out. I'm going to do a better job of that. I always say it and don't necessarily deliver, but we're giving shout-outs here for our everydayers here on the program. So let me know, and thank you for being a part of the Locked On Blue Devils community. Give this video a thumbs-up. Subscribe to our channel. Share it with your friends. Again, we really do appreciate your support. So without further ado, excited to bring him on in. He is Kevin Conley, and he is the site expert for Ball Durham. Here in the flesh with us, Kevin, so good to see you as always. How are you, my friend?
0: I'm good, JJ. How about you?
1: Very well. Thank you for asking. Excited that uh, we're recapping a win. Since we Mm -hmm. last spoke, there was a uh, bump in the radar for the Stuke team. They did lose over the weekend at home against Pitt, but you got to find a way to bounce back. Pretty quick turnaround as uh, Duke was back in action last night on Tuesday, but they did ultimately find a way to win.
0: Yeah, they found a way to win. Um, I, I don't think you can necessarily um, write home about this victory. It was against Louisville. Louisville is the second worst power conference team, in my opinion, um, only behind DePaul, who just fired their head coach earlier this week. Um, and, in fact, Louisville and DePaul played each other, and Louisville won on DePaul's home floor. Um so, yeah, it, it was certainly um, – obviously, it's good to get a win. If you lose to Louisville, um, all bets are off, and you really can't complain about any fan complaining or um, trying to throw in criticism around at this team. But um, certainly, obviously, better to win than to lose.
1: Big storylines in last night's game for the Duke basketball team. Both Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell return. Tyrese Proctor, a career-high mm-hmm. 24 points and Duke had some struggles on the defensive end of the floor. Those are kind of the big things I want to lay out throughout the course of the show. But we start first with the injuries because that has dominated the headlines and storylines with Duke basketball over the last week. I really didn't think we'd see either player in the ball game last night, and both played. We'll get to Jeremy Roach's injury that took place in the basketball game last night. But starting off, the fact that both guys were back in action for Duke – I was pleasantly surprised, Kevin. What about you? Were you?
0: Well, I had a feeling both were going to play, especially coming after the loss against Pittsburgh. Um, now, you want to assume that Duke beats Pittsburgh at home if one of those two players are in. If Mark Mitchell or Jeremy Roach is on the floor, uh, you, you have to assume that they probably win that game. They weren't. They didn't. Um, and obviously, it, it did cast a, a lot of doubt on this Duke team. Um, coming back in for this Louisville game, I had a feeling that, like I said, they would both play, um, just because Duke lost to Pittsburgh and, um, there was a major importance on this Louisville game that they could not lose. Uh, and, and when they were both out there, I thought they looked good. I thought first play of the game, Duke wins the tip. I think it was flip baseline pass to, uh, Mark Mitchell. He goes one dribble up for a dunk. Um, and I thought he looked quick. I thought he looked explosive, I thought he looked strong around the basket, finishing with 20 and 12, another double double for him. Um, thought he looked really good. I thought Jeremy Roach looked really good as well before um, he went down with, with a twisted ankle. Uh, I thought he was setting um, players up in the right spots. Um, I thought when he was attacking, he was um, decisive on what he was doing. Um, so when they were both out there, I think Duke looked really good. But now also it has to come with a grain of salt that it was against a Louisville team that had absolutely no resistance defensively in the paint. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit later on, but specifically Kyle Filipowski just kept settling and settling and settling for three-pointers, and he wasn't making them.
1: Yeah, tough night shooting the ball for Filipowski, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his individual performance later, more so on the guys returning. Jeremy Roach, to your point, comes back, scores 10 points for Duke. Late in the first half on a drive, kind of has his ankle rolled up on as he's landing, is able to finish the first half, does kind of go through the warm-up portion of the second half. You know, the team will run out on the floor. We've got a couple of layup lines here and there and tries to give it a go to start the second half. But ultimately, I think the pain became too much. You see him go to the bench. You see Duke immediately start to ice the foot. And uh, Jeremy Roach did not come back the rest of the game. Only 17 minutes of action last night for Roach, Kevin.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was uh, a mistake bringing him back in to begin with. Um, so he leaves with 525 to go in the first half. He he's gets back and retaped up in, in the Duke tunnel, and he misses about three minutes of, of live action and goes back in. And once you saw him go back in the first half, uh, every movement for him was a struggle. Um, I feel everyone can relate to it. Like if you're just not feeling well one day, you're a little sick or, or – um, you bang your knee and, and it just takes a while for you to get out of bed or get up out of the chair or get up off the couch. Uh, that's what it looked like for Jeremy Roach trying to run. It looked like he had he had to use so much force just to try and get that right leg to move. Uh, I'm surprised John Shire didn't take him out um, in, in that two plus minutes before halftime. Um, and then you could tell, I guess the ankle probably stiffened on him at halftime. You would imagine it was iced or Um, he did to try and stay loose and try and keep him active on it. But um, coming out to start the second half, it was even worse than it was at the end of the first half. And um, I don't know if it was Jeremy Roach. I don't know if it was John Shire or was everybody said, all right, we got to get him out. Um, I I guess the good thing was that he didn't um, go back to the locker room. He iced it on the bench. Um, So I guess that's a good sign. And then obviously um, nobody asked John Shire about it after the game. I tweeted this out. I guess a lot of Duke media didn't travel to Louisville just because Louisville's Um, not very good, Um, but it was felt like when you watch the press conference, it was a lot of Louisville media in the room talking with John Shire. So nobody asked him about uh, Jeremy Roach and the health of his ankle, Uh, but the good graces of social media, Jared McCain posted a TikTok of the, of him going back of the team going back on the plane after the game. and, And Jeremy Roach was there using crutches, getting on the plane. But I guess the one good sign was that he didn't have a walking boot on that right foot.
1: Yeah, excited to kind of see the developments to come there to see uh, how much time, if any, Jeremy Roach will miss. Again, Duke back in action on Saturday on their
0: home floor against Clemson. Mark Mitchell. And, and one, one thing yeah. that you should should mention is that they're two separate injuries, right? When Jeremy Roach got hurt against Georgia Tech, he hurt his knee, um, and that's what forced him to miss the Pittsburgh game. Now this is an ankle. So um, two really injuries that he's dealing with right now instead of reaggravating one or the other.
1: And again, maybe I'm just off on the injuries, right? My injury vibes are just off right now, and I do apologize for Duke basketball fans out there. But as I've said this week, I thought if anybody were to return, it would have been Roach before Mitchell. And here we are talking about Mark Mitchell, who missed two games in a row compared to just one for Jeremy Roach. He played the entire game last night out there on Mm -hmm. the floor for Duke. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. First possession, he's getting a dunk. It's a knee injury that he's coming back from, and when you're able to see him still elevate, get up, dunk, land cleanly, and then run back down, up and down the floor a few times, it looked like, yeah, he's, he's kind of settled back in and ready to go.
0: Yeah, and like you said, he had that lift. Um, the thing that I was really looking for was the explosive movements. Um, I saw it on that first play when he goes baseline, one dribble up for the dunk. You saw it around the rim a lot. Uh, last night and I think that's certainly a good sign going forward because remember he also had that quote-unquote knee sprain um, at the end of last year that forced him to miss the NCAA tournament game against Tennessee um, and he's been banged up a little bit here this season so um certainly good to get him back and I thought he played really well last night.
1: Roach and Mitchell combined for 30 of Duke's 83 points in the win last night. Mitchell with 20 Roach with 10. It was a career-high 24 points for Tyrese Proctor. He kind of stole the show there in the second half of the basketball game. We'll talk about Proctor's performance and a little bit more after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. All right, Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is the best place to go. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel. Of course, the regular season is over as we've got Conference Championship Weekend here in front of us. We've got the Lions and the Niners in the NFC. We've got the Chiefs and the Ravens there in the AFC. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks and bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and so many different ways to bet, like live, same game parlays. So you can find bets in the new Explore Hub, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and so much more. Again, go ahead and visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson, alongside my pal Kevin Conley, the site expert for Ball Durham, said it a moment ago, career high, 24 points for Tyrese Proctor in the win last night for the Duke Blue Devils. He knocks down four three-point shots, and uh, really kind of took over in that second half when Duke needed somebody to go to, Kevin. What did you make of his game?
0: I thought he was the best player on the floor for Duke, and obviously that goes without being said with 24 points, Um, especially once Jeremy Roach went down. You saw Tyrese Proctor step in and get aggressive. We saw at the end of the Georgia Tech game as well when Jeremy Roach went out with an injury. So I don't know if it's something mental with him that he doesn't want to be this aggressor on the floor when Jeremy Roach is out there, but I thought – Last night was one of his best games, not just of the season. I think over his Duke career in his two years, he was aggressive. He was getting to the rim. Um, he was playing with with a, a newfound sense of confidence. Uh, and, and I think that was really important. And he, Duke and he need that going forward if this team wants to make any type of noise um, down the stretch of the regular season and then into the postseason. Um, but you, you just saw you saw him finally being a leader. Being a captain, I think when Jeremy Roach isn't on the floor, this team is at a void of leadership on the court. Um, And I think we finally saw Tyrese Proctor step into that role uh, last night, and um, Duke needed every bit of it because um, with the way they play defense, Louisville gave them a handful.
1: Big game for Tyrese Proctor last night. Again, a career-high 24 points. A career-high nine shots from the floor made. His previous high was seven in the game a year ago and tied his career high with four three-point shots. Last year, he made four threes against Louisville. Last night, he makes four, again, four of 10, 40% on the game shooting from Tyrese Proctor from the outside. Had a big one late in the game as Louisville's kind of inching back closer a step back with about seven minutes to go. The score was 65-60. It made it a 68-60 game. Tyrese Proctor shushed the crowd there in the KFC Yum Center a little bit, and that really got him going more. Uh, But it had great drives to the rim, and then, like I said, some of those three-point shots falling as well for Proctor.
0: Yeah, and I think the three-point shot was obviously the most impressive because talked about how bad Louisville's defense was. But um, you can have bad – defense and get a lot of points just going to the rim but um with four made three pointers with 12 of those 24 coming from the outside that's what Duke needs to help space the floor because you're looking for that other three-point shooter um to go along with Jared McCain especially if Jeremy Roach is going to be out um for a couple of games now we don't know um and if Tyrese Proctor can do that it'll help everybody inside like a Mark Mitchell and a Kyle Filipowski
1: Proctor, 24 points on the day for the Duke basketball team. Good to see him back going. Good to see Duke kind of letting him go to work in the second half. There were a lot of offensive sets that resulted, in Proctor at the top of the key looking to kind of set folks up, uh, but then had a lot of good drives and shots as well. Kyle Filipowski is a player that you mentioned a little bit earlier, Kevin. Counting stats, he had a great game, absolute great game, 17 points, 15 rebounds, five assists. The most assists on the team for Duke last night belonged to Kyle Filipowski. The only kind of flaw I think we could point to were some of those outside shots, but loved the skip passes that we saw a lot of him. He was aggressive on the glass rebounding. Duke had had a few games where they were not winning the rebounding battle. They dominated the boards last night against Louisville, and Flip kind of set the tone there. I think to your point a little bit earlier, that outside shot was just kind of the one blemish.
0: Yeah, I think it's the perfect example of you have to watch the game instead of just look reading the box score. Um, I don't think Kyle Filipowski played well probably for 30 minutes of this game, especially offensively. It just felt like he was settling for three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer, uh, and those three-pointers for the most part were open – But when you're not hitting them, you're seven foot tall. Go inside against a team that has shown no ability to defend in the paint. Um, And finally, I think it was, I don't know if someone called timeout. It was after a media timeout. I had tweeted it. And then the next play after the timeout, it's Kyle Filipowski inside for an uncontested layup. um, When when he had the play in the second half where he's spinning all around in the paint and, and Louisville jumps around and he gets an easy finger roll on the right side of the rim. Um, that's what he needed to do more last night, or he could have had a 2020 game just about. Um, so, yeah, he put up the numbers. Yeah, it was good to see. Um, but I like what I see more of him in the back half of the second half of playing in the paint, um, moving the ball around from block to block because Louisville just had no idea how to defend in the paint. And um, it does say a lot about Louisville and how they're coached and how they're prepared for games. Um, I just don't think Duke, Duke took full advantage of – Um, how unprepared they were to defend them in the post with their size until uh, late in the second half.
1: Yeah, good to see them going, though, late in the second half because Louisville made a bit of a run to get back into it again. Duke had 45 points in the first half. Final score of this one, 83-69, an 11-point lead for the Blue Devils at the break. And uh, I've said this previously, but uh, the first half has not always been the best for Duke throughout this basketball season. They scored well in that first half of play. Again, 45 points at the break, one of their best performances we've seen so far this season. That really helped because you watch the game, Kevin, and it feels a little uncomfortable there in the second half. But what you were able to fall back on was that Duke played so well in the first half, was able to create a little bit of separation, did have as large of an 18-point lead as, in the first half of play. If that doesn't happen, then maybe we're not talking about a win. I think too many times we really focus on maybe the back half of the game. It's a 40-minute game. All 40 minutes count towards the end result. So let's do make sure we applaud Duke for what they did there early.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They did start the game off strong. Um, we haven't really hit on the hit on the defense. I thought the defense was bad. Um, I'm very surprised John Shire didn't at least try a zone at some point in the second half when um, Duke was scoring at will. Again, because of how bad Louisville is defensively, um, you're not going to get many complaints out of me from how Duke performed offensively outside of I thought Filipowski settled for too many three-pointers. So I'm just surprised he he didn't go zone, specifically with how bad of a three-point shooting team Louisville is on the season. Um, I thought it would just be a a curveball. Um, to throw Louisville and, and see how they would adjust to his zone, because we have seen Duke play zone at some points this season. Um, I thought they were they were getting confused um, on ball screens, specifically in the first half defensively. Um, the second half, it just felt like Louisville was just putting their head down, going to the rim, and either getting a layup or getting fouled and going to the free throw line. Um, so, yeah, offensively, I, I think Duke played a really great game. Um, defensively, there's still some things to clean up. um but, yeah, I think you do have to credit um, some stretches of good play in the first half when Duke built that 18-point lead before Jeremy Roach went down. Um, thought they were playing a really solid game right there. Um, and then, obviously, he goes down, and the team lost its poise a little bit with him without uh, not on the floor.
1: Look, 18 points is a big deficit to overcome, and clearly last night Louisville could not do that. They got within four and five points, just could not climb all the way back. Duke picks up their 14th one of the season, Fifth win in ACC play. I want to talk a little bit more about the defensive end of the floor. We'll end with a little bit of room for improvement for the Stupe team. And we'll do that after we take one more timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. <laughs> All right, Locked On Blue Devils here today. We want to tell you about the Locked On Sports today as our company has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today has always been one of our premier podcasts that we have, and it's still available for you each and every day, 25 to 30 minutes, giving you every top headline in the sport. But Locked On Sports Today now has 24-7 sports, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Locked On Sports today, and go check out their YouTube page. Let's move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Alongside Kevin Conley, I'm JJ Jackson. If you will, Kevin, tell us a little bit about Ball Durham.
0: Oh, balldurham.com. You can come read us every day. Um, we got all you could potentially want on um, news and notes, opinions, analysis, recruiting, um everything Duke basketball so um now here in late January we're full steam ahead Duke basketball um until March so come give us a read every day at dot and you can follow us um on Twitter at ball underscore Durham
1: follow Kevin there as well at Kevin Conley 24 to give him a follow and like you mentioned a little bit ago he's got thoughts throughout the Duke games so go find him for a, a lot of good stuff over there so let's talk a little bit about this defense Kevin because uh, particularly in the second half. I, I know that that was something a lot of people were discussing. Louisville does start to climb back into the basketball game a little bit. What did you notice on the defensive end of the floor?
0: I just noticed that there was very little resistance that Duke put up against Louisville. Um, they were able to get it all the way back within 3, 49, 46, with like 14 and a half minutes or so left in the second half. Um, it was a 17-4 to four run that Louisville went on spanning the end of the first half to the beginning of the second half to get it within those three points. Um, And it just felt like Louisville came out as the aggressors. It almost felt like Louisville came out with nothing to lose because they really don't. I mean, if they lose another game, uh, who really cares? And I think that's the bad position Louisville being this bad is um, for the ACC. Now, don't get me wrong. The ACC is not a good conference this year. Um, I think North Carolina is by far and away the best team in the league right now. Um, and then I think it's really a battle between like two, three and four and then a big drop. And then obviously Louisville um, at the back end. But if you will use Duke as, a, as an example, OK, they didn't play that well last night against Louisville. So then people are going to panic and be like, oh, my God, Duke didn't play well against this awful Louisville team and, and, and panic for I don't want to say no reason, but just put in a panic. And then if you do play your A-plus game and you beat them by 40 points, well, who cares because you just played Louisville and they're one of the worst teams in college basketball. So I think that's the bad situation that you're in, that other ACC teams are in because you're playing Louisville. And then if, God forbid, you do lose to Louisville like Miami did a couple of weeks ago, well, that's just an absolute resume killer. It's a quad four loss and a loss that's going to knock you down a couple of seeds in the NCAA tournament, or it's going to be a loss that keeps you out of the NCAA tournament. So um, I think that's the one big thing that hurts teams playing Louisville in ACC play.
1: No doubt about that. I mean, when you look at Duke on the defensive side of the ball, here's something that we need to talk about. I I didn't see as much conversation about this last night and and certainly have more thoughts about it today. And it's going to be something to watch in the games to come in particular throughout this season from time to time. Foul trouble has been something discussed with Duke from the perspective of individual players having a few more than you would like in particular games so far this season. Last night, that's not necessarily the case. No one was in real danger of fouling out of the basketball game, and that would be a turning point and that sort of thing. But Duke was called for 22 fouls in last night's basketball game. And let's be very clear, this is not a conversation of, oh my goodness, The referees were horrible. That's the reason that these fouls took place. No, Duke just, you know, played lackadaisical defense in spots and fouled way more than they did. 22 fouls is the second most that Duke has committed this entire season. The most was 24 against Arkansas on the road earlier in the year. Louisville shot 24 free throws, many of those coming in the second half. Tyler Johnson, one of their freshman guards, made four quick ones to kind of get them going and get them back into the game in particular. Again, 24 free throw attempts for Louisville. That's also the second most. Arkansas was the most on the season. The Razorbacks attempted 30 free throws against the team. Uh, Mike James, one of the top guards on this Louisville team, he was all freshman team a year ago for Louisville. He offensively drew seven fouls. That was something I saw throughout the course of the game, Kevin, is that the effort just wasn't great. And so because that was taking place, Duke was committing more fouls, Louisville was able to shoot more free throws, and next thing you know, it's a little bit more of a competitive game.
0: Yeah, I thought you said it very well that the defensive effort was lackadaisical. I would have said lazy. Same same adjective right there. <laughs> um, they weren't moving their feet to get in front of Louisville's guards. They were They were just defending with their arms and not their legs and trying to slide to stay in front of them. Um, Like I said, I was really surprised they didn't switch to a zone. Say the same thing for that Pittsburgh game. Blake Hinson is 7 for 7 from three-point range. I think the rest of the Pittsburgh team might have been 2 or or 3 of 15 from three-point range. So why not play a box in one and just have one of your best defenders, now Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell weren't available, a Tyrese Proctor or somebody, just follow Hinson around and don't let him get free and try to have somebody else beat you on Pittsburgh. So I, I think it also does fall on John Shire a little bit that there haven't been the in-game adjustments that you'd like to see from this team in the past couple of games, um, and it needs to be corrected going forward because, um, like I said, the, the upcoming schedule is going to be tough, and if you don't have Jeremy Roach, it becomes that much tougher when you have Clemson coming in and you go to Virginia Tech on a quick turnaround Saturday to Monday, and then obviously Carolina coming down the, the, the pike um, next Saturday night. And like I said, I think Carolina right now is uh, by far the best team in the ACC, and they look like a legitimate national title contender, which Duke doesn't at the moment.
1: After a 16-point game against Pittsburgh in the loss over the weekend, Caleb Foster went scoreless against Louisville last night, only took two shots from the floor, two rebounds, two assists, two fouls committed. Very quiet game for Caleb Foster, and then also want to make sure we recognize Sean Stewart. Haven't Mm -hmm. talked about him much at all today, but we'll kind of wrap up our conversation showing Sean Stewart some love. He had six rebounds, two block shots, did commit four fouls. So he was in a little bit of foul trouble, Uh, made both of his free throw attempts, but played 15 minutes. That is the most minutes he's played in a meaningful basketball game this season. Third most on the season, he played more against Bucknell. He played more against LaSalle, but 15 is the most against a conference opponent or, as you said a little bit ago, one of these power schools in the sport. So uh job well done by Sean Stewart. Excited to see him have uh, more of an offensive impact, but I thought he did a remarkable job.
0: Yeah, and John Shire said the reason why he played so much is he just had his best week in practice, and he's finally committing himself Um, to not just practice offense, but practice defense and learn where he's supposed to be positioned on plays. Um, So it it feels like the light bulb finally went off in Sean Stewart's head um, saying, hey, if I want to play, I have to be better defensively. Now, obviously committing 4 fouls in 15 minutes is not what Duke is looking for, especially with those fouls being on the perimeter. And I think a couple of them were shooting fouls as well. But um, light bulb's gone off in his head saying, if I want to play, I have to play defense. And that seems like the first step um, to really finding your potential as a college basketball player. Terrific
1: stuff from you per usual, Kevin. Always a pleasure to have you here on the show with us. One more time, if you will, give us a promotion f- for your website, Ball Durham.
0: Yep, balldurham.com. Um, come read us every day and then follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Thanks for having me, JJ.
1: We'll do it again sometime soon. That's our pal Kevin Conley, who's joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, as he does each and every week. Again, big win for Duke last night, 83-69, the final score over Louisville. That'll do it for our show here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.